What's going on, guys? Sam Adams here, and welcome to another episode of Cabinet Today for November the 8th of 2018. My name is Samuel Adams, and welcome to today's show. For those that might be new to the program, this is the Daily Gaming News Podcast, where I bring you the hottest gaming news of the day and compile it in one tight, neat little package for you to enjoy and stay up to date on the hottest news from the industry. PlayStation, Xbox, Switch, tons of stuff that we're talking about today, but the specific list of stories does include stuff like Fortnite hitting a massive concurrent player count, Black Ops 4 performing very well. Surprise, surprise. The newest Call of Duty is doing numbers big time. On top of that, Final Fantasy 15 has a bit of turbulence as the DLC has been canceled and the director has left the company. On top of that, D2 is not performing to the company's expectations, the company being Activision. In addition to that, Red Dead Redemption 2's online beta is expected to launch sometime this month. On top of that, Patrick Sodder has a brand new company. YouTube is on the Nintendo Switch, so you can watch all of my fantastic content. Just kidding. Uh, you can watch all the stuff that you want to watch over there on the Nintendo Switch, and Mass Effect Andromeda has an upgrade for those that are on the Xbox One X. And that is your news of the day. So those are the stories you can expect. And again, I hope you do stick around. But for those that might be new to the show, I hope you do enjoy what you find. And it can be found live on twitch.tv slash Samuel Adams Live or in a VOD format via youtube.com slash Samuel Adams Media or even over on anchor.fm slash Samuel Adams, which does send out the podcast to Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, tons of other podcast services if you did want to check it out there. But as for right now, without further ado, let's go ahead and dive into the hottest gaming news of the day as we ever so slightly and gracefully adjust the camera to where there is no more black line on the screen didn't matter for podcast listeners but fortnite has hit a concurrent player count of 8.3 million people fortnite launched in south korea this week complete with a new set of challenges this week saw the introduction of fortnite's battle royale mode in south korea where players were encouraged to play at pc bang cafes to complete pc bang challenges epic games korea gave an interview where its spokesperson sung chul park stated that fortnite now has 8.3 million concurrent players worldwide Yep, you heard that right. 8.3 million people are currently playing Fortnite simultaneously. VG247 has verified the numbers with a spokesperson from Epic Games twice. This is a meteoric rise in numbers considering that Fortnite previously hit a peak of 3.4 million concurrent players in February, which caused major service disruptions. And it's very impressive on the server side of things. But it will be interesting to see how Battle Royale goes down in South Korea, given that South Korean players often dominate the esports scene. Again, 8.3 million players playing Fortnite at the same time thanks to this South Korean launch. And so where does this take us as far as the future of Fortnite? What exactly is it looking like whenever you're thinking about the landscape of Battle Royale and Fortnite uh, six months, a year, two years down the line? This is a game changer. This means that so many people are playing Battle Royale and Fortnite that it can literally survive for a very, very long time. I'm thinking this game could easily evolve over the course of not if if not the rest of the generation of PlayStation 4, Xbox One, the next generation of consoles could be centered around this type of experience. And again, I've been saying it for months now. 
Fortnite is the new Minecraft. That's really what it comes down to. Kids are playing it. People that are in their middle-aged uh, you know, time of life are also playing the game. Everybody has something to do in Fortnite, and it's bringing in crowds from around the world. And those crowds now top, again, 8.3 million people. Uh, so, again, if you want to check out Fortnite, it is free on PC, PS4, Xbox One, Switch, Android, and iOS platforms. Probably going to be coming to your toilet at some point in the future, the way they're moving over there at Epic Games. But, again, tons of people play. And for a good reason, it is a worldwide sensation that is making a lot of right moves. You got customizable skins, you've got a ton of player options as far as the way they want to play when it comes to platforms, uh, a lot of updates when it comes to weekly stuff. It's a lot of good stuff coming out of Epic Games. And whether you like the game or not, it's making the right moves. And so I think that this is just the beginning of what Fortnite could potentially become over the next few years. As for me, I'm taking a break from it myself, playing Red Dead Redemption 2 and Black Ops 4, and on top of that, a bit of Ring of Elysium. But I don't really have that much time these days to really dive into it. However, if you do, just have a couple of minutes. A couple of rounds of Fortnite could be the itch that could satisfy that scratch, or even... Vice versa, if you really want to get down to it. However, another game with Battle Royale is doing very well in terms of sales. Call of Duty Black Ops 4 has sold faster than Black Ops 3 in the first three weeks of being on the market. Call of Duty Black Ops 4 sold more copies than its predecessor in the first weeks of availability. Activision Blizzard announced Thursday during an earnings call, noting that the company's earnings for the third quarter were $1.51 billion, down from $1.62 billion from the same period last year. The quarter, which ended on September the 30th, did exceed the company's expectations which were at $1.49 billion. Quote, Activision Blizzard's results for Q3 exceeded our prior outlook as we continue to entertain large audiences, dive deep engagement, and attract significant audience investment across our franchises, said Bobby Kotick, chief executive officer of Activision Blizzard. Our unique advantage continues to be our ability to create the most compelling interactive and spectator entertainment based on our own franchises, combined with our direct digital connection to hundreds of millions of customers in over 190 countries. With these competitive advantages, we continue to connect and engage the world through Epic Entertainment. Over the three months of the quarter, Activision Blizzard Studios companies released Call of Duty Black Ops 4, World of Warcraft, Battle for Azeroth, and Candy Crush Friends Saga. The trio of titles all did well during their release window, with Call of Duty in particular drawing an immense audience. Activision's monthly active users increased significantly in October following the launch of Black Ops 4. In the first three weeks after launch, the latest Call of Duty sold through more units than Black Ops 3, with PC sell through more than three times higher. Also, the company noted for the first three weeks after launch, total active users and hours played were 16% and over 20% higher, respectively, versus Black Ops 3. Very impressive numbers being put up from Call of Duty Black Ops 4. Before we dump, jump into it, excuse me, uh, Alan in the chat says, Hey, Sammy, what is going on? Welcome to the show. Uh, now, I will say with Black Ops 4, again, tons of cash dropping because of this game. And I would say that it is lower as compared to this time last year because of the release of Destiny 2. And although the game was underwhelming when it first launched, I will also say uh, that that was still a game that brought in a lot of cash when it comes down to it. Whether you liked it or whether you hated it at launch, Destiny 2 was one of, if not last year's biggest game. Uh, and so, when it comes down to it, this year just didn't quite have the same draw, but with Black Ops 4, that is really, really bringing a lot of people back into the fold of Call of Duty. For some people that grew up with COD like me, I have been brought back into it where I am playing throughout the week. I might not be playing as much as I did back in the day, but I will say it's not that bad of an experience. It is, in fact, one that I truly do enjoy. 
Uh, so again, uh, those numbers that it's putting up are very impressive. And I will say that I think a lot of the money side of this uh, does come from Candy Crush. I think that that is definitely crushing it, no pun intended, pun intended. Uh, and it really does capture an audience that the mainline games like Call of Duty, uh, like your other mainline Activision games like Destiny don't really capture. And that is the middle-aged dude on his phone or middle-aged soccer mom playing Candy Crush. It really does capture a different type of audience. And so Activision is doing very well in that. So kudos to them for knowing their audiences or at least trying to find a new audience, uh, if anything at all. So if you haven't picked up Black Ops 4, definitely would recommend it. One of my favorite Call of Duties ever, if not my favorite Call of Duty ever. I would say it's a very impressive one. And again, I am very proud of that pun. Without a doubt, it's a very good pun. Uh, However, again, if you did want to check it out, it's available right now on PS4, Xbox One, and PC. PC doing very well because of the Battle Royale mode blackout. But I also play on PS4. It's a very, very good experience over there as well. So it depends on where you want to play. But you can always check it out if you did want to check it out. And I would highly recommend checking it out. However, a game that I have not played, Final Fantasy XV's DLC has been cancelled, director Hajime Tabata leaves, and Square Enix posts $33 million in a loss. That is insane. Three of the four planned episodes have been cancelled. In an unexpected announcement today, Square Enix announced the cancellation of three of the four planned Final Fantasy XV episode expansion packs and also confirmed that game director Hajime Tabata has left the company. Tabata's last day at Square Enix was October the 31st. The canceled Final Fantasy DLC episodes include Arania, I believe, Luna Frey, and Noctis. I probably butchered those because I'm not a big fan of Final Fantasy 15, but you can probably pick them out if you're a smart individual. The fourth one, Arden, remains in development and is scheduled to launch in March of 2019. The expansion packs were being developed by Luminous, the new Square Enix internal studio. However, the team will now focus on making a new AAA game. Though it hasn't been announced yet, in an earnings report, excuse me, Square Enix announced a major change to Luminous that resulted in an extraordinary loss amounting to 33 million dollars. Until now, it wasn't known what the loss was related to, but now it looks like it's connected to the DLC cancellation. In announcing his resignation, Tabata said, I honestly believe the reason we were able to get this far is because of all of you loyal fans. I thank you from the bottom of my heart touching, right? As for what he'll do next, Tabata said he's starting his own company. I have a project that I truly wish to solidify as my next challenge after Final Fantasy XV. For that reason, I have decided to leave my current position and start my own business in order to achieve my goal. Some may say he's pulling a good old Kojima, but from this day on, he says, I will cheer on and support Square Enix and Luminous Productions together with all of you fans. I would like to thank everyone who continues to support Final Fantasy XV and those who have supported myself personally, Tabata added. Also, during the announcement, Square Enix announced that Final Fantasy XV's Comrades multiplayer will now be released as a standalone game, meaning you don't need the base game to play it. There will be further 10 new bosses, as well as more costumes and weapons in the standalone game. Final Fantasy XV Multiplayer Comrades, as it's called, will launch on December the 13th. Those who already bought the Comrades expansion will get the new standalone edition for free. Also, during the presentation, Square Enix announced a new cross-promotion with Final Fantasy XIV online. An event called Adventurer from Another World will be available inside Final Fantasy 15 on PS4, Xbox One, and PC starting on December the 12th. Another announced as a short form anime called Final Fantasy 15 Episode Prologue is on the way. A teaser is going to be coming out on December the 15th with a second one coming in January, specifically on the 10th. 
And so that's a lot of information to break down. For fans of Final Fantasy, this is not good news. I'm not going to lie. Uh, this is something that a lot of people have been excited about, of course. Final Fantasy 15 has been somewhat of a black sheep, if you will. A lot of people have not enjoyed it. Again, I haven't personally played it, and I've never been a big Final Fantasy guy. Uh, but I have seen a lot of people celebrating this move, and it's something that I feel Square Enix was forced into. Of course, whenever you have $33 million in loss, you can't just continue down that same path. You have to make a change at least to make an effort towards improving the financial situation. And that's exactly what we're seeing here. Again, a lot of people being moved around. Tabata going on to make his own company, which I'm sure will do well if I know anything about Tabata. Uh, he's probably going to have a bit of a following. And so I would say that this could be a turning point for Final Fantasy. Of course, we have 7 Remake coming out whenever it does come out. We don't really know when. Uh, but it is going to be coming at some point in the future, and it could be a big game changer. And this could be one of the points in time where we look back and say that's when things did turn around for Final Fantasy. Uh, and so again, 15 wasn't bad. I've heard fine things, but it didn't blow people away like I thought that it would. Again, I'm kind of out of the loop on this one, so you can leave me in the comment section down below and let me know what you think about this entire situation. Uh, now, we do have a conspiracy theory in the chat that says all these people leaving these companies are going to work with Hideo Kojima, and they're going to make a new Metal Gear to surpass the last one. Interesting theory. Very, very wrong. No, it's, it's yeah. Ugh, Metal Gear, man, that's a, that's a rough subject right there. But hey, Death Stranding. Who knows what that's all about. However, another game that I never really dove into, Destiny 2, is not performing to Activision's expectations. Uh, before we jump into this, I want to take the opportunity to remind those PC players that Destiny 2 is free right now, the base game, if you did want to download it via Battle.net, free to keep forever. And again, expansions are not included, but you can pick those up later on down the line or right now if you did want to dive into it. But again, free is for me, and that's what I wanted to let you guys know about. And especially with it being the PC version of the game, very good stuff, and it was also given away via PlayStation Plus a couple of months back, and I picked it up there as well, and you should have as well. However, again, it's not doing well regardless of how many times you've picked it up. D2 had a lot of hype surrounding it, but also had a difficult dilemma, bringing in new players while also retaining its dedicated fan base. D2's Forsaken was a reinvention of sorts meant to help with the latter. We thought it was a pretty good start, they say over a Game Informer, and fans seem to agree, but Activision's earnings call today revealed it wasn't totally the saving grace it was hoping for the series. On the earnings call, Activision addressed this by saying that some of its franchises, Destiny in particular, aren't performing as well as as it hoped. The company promised investors a new monetization option alongside moving content to market faster to rectify this. How this will affect the game remains to be seen, as it's clear Activision needs to make some changes to please investors. This isn't shocking news, considering Activision is currently giving PC gamers a chance to own the game for free, and has provided gamers more incentives to try with promotions, such as making it a free PlayStation Plus game. Hopefully, Bungie will stick to listening to fan feedback more, or excuse me, before making any more big fan decisions. And again, something that's not really shocking to me. As we were saying just a couple of moments ago, Destiny 2 was not well received when it first launched on the PS4, Xbox One, and PC last year. It just simply wasn't the game that people wanted. They had too high of expectations to match what was actually coming with Destiny 2. Whether they be a problem for Activision or a problem with the expectations is up for debate. But of course, with all the expansions that have come out since, it has done very well rectifying this situation. And I think the guys have done very well over on the team at Bungie. 
However, it still isn't meeting the expectations, and I think this could impact the future of Destiny 2, or they might just suffer through the storm until Destiny 3 is going to launch, which it is already in development, as confirmed by a rumor, if you want to call it that, uh, earlier this week. And so, right now, I don't know what kind of changes they could make, because again, I'm not totally invested in the Destiny community, but more microtransactions, some type of new currency, I don't know what they could do to rectify this situation financially. Uh, however, I know that there is a new expansion coming sometime in the spring of 2019 alongside the release of Anthem and the Division 2, which are two sort of kind of similar games in nature where it is kind of a grindy, looty kind of game. And so we'll see how this does fare for Destiny 2. But as for right now, it looks like things are not going so well over there at Activision. And I hope that things do end up working out well because I never want any kind of game to do poorly. That's not something I ever really truly want. When games succeed, that means more funding is going towards the next round of projects, and for Activision Blizzard, that could mean a lot of things. And I hope that they take the lessons that have been learned from Destiny 2 financially and also when it comes to content of the game and apply what they have learned to the development of Destiny 3. I think that through the storm of Destiny 2, which it has quite frankly been a storm, you could be seeing some big changes coming to the next entry in the franchise, and that could very well save it, if I do say so myself. But I digress. Right now, what you need to know is that Activision is not doing so hot. There's still a pulse, but it's not a good one. But of course, they're not going under. Anyways, a company that is certainly not going under is Rockstar Games, and specifically Red Dead Redemption 2 is performing very, very well. Of course, as we talked about earlier in the week, we did have the confirmation that Red Dead Redemption 2 has outsold Red Dead Redemption in terms of sales in just a couple of days. Eight days, actually, as compared to Red Dead Redemption's eight years on the market. But the online beta is expected to launch this month for Red Dead Redemption 2. This server ain't big enough for the 17 million of us. In the movies, the Old West is generally presented as somewhat noble, honor among thieves, showdown at high noon affair. I have a feeling the reality of those days will be more akin to the absolute carnage we'll see once Rockstar launches the multiplayer component of their latest hit, Red Dead Redemption 2. According to a recent investor call, it won't be too long before we're all plunged into a chaotic six-shooter warfare, as it has been stated by Take-Two CEO Strauss Zelnick that Red Dead Online is expected to begin its beta testing period at the end of November. No details were given about what the online component will entail, but it is expected to be a much bigger and more involved upgrade on the original Red Dead Redemption's open world. Taking a leaf out of the amazingly successful GTA Online, Rockstar plans to keep Red Dead's multiplayer mode constantly updated with fresh content, challenges, and in-game events. Zelnick declined to detail matters of monetization. And of course, you can stay tuned over there at Destructoid and many other outlets if you did want to keep up to date with what's happening on Red Dead Redemption 2. And the game is out right now on PS4 and Xbox One. And oh man, is it a good game. Uh, but when it comes to the online component of this, I do want to take a moment to temper expectations. This is not going to be Grand Theft Auto Online. I want to make that as clear as I can. It's just a different type of game. Grand Theft Auto is over-the-top action from beginning to end, not only in the base game that Rockstar actually put out, but when it comes to the modifications that have been made in the online component of Grand Theft Auto, it is something completely and totally unique in so many ways. 
Now, Red Dead Redemption 2 is a bit more grounded. It's something that's a bit more, I don't know, realistic in a way. It's something that's more believable. These characters don't feel quite so out of this world. They feel very real and very relatable in a lot of ways. And so whenever you have that, the online component of this is going to be very much so like you are in a gang, like you are interacting with other gang members, like you are doing stuff as you would in the Wild West. And that is something that is going to appeal to a lot of people that are right now in the middle of playing through Red Dead Redemption 2's story. Uh, Now, is it going to be a financial success that is comparable to Grand Theft Auto Online? It depends on how good they do with the missions, with all the things you can do within this online component of the game. There's a lot that goes into this on the back end, and I'm not sure how well it is going to work. But as of right now, we will see when it does launch, which again, there is no confirmed launch date as of right now. However, it very well could do pretty well in terms of numbers whenever it does launch, or at least the beta launches sometime in November. I would guess right before the holiday season does kick off to really drive those sales through the roof. And I will be checking it out when it does launch. I'm still in the middle of playing through the campaign, still working through it. Haven't played much today, but I'm looking forward to diving into it this weekend. And boy, am I doing a deep dive. I want to get through that story. I cannot wait to find out what happens to Arthur Morgan. But again, Red Dead Redemption 2 doing very well, and the beta coming sometime in November. However, speaking of companies, former EA executive Patrick Sutherland opens up a new game studio. Embark Studios is Patrick Sutherland's latest venture, and he's joined by former DICE dev Johan Anderson. Former EA executive Patrick Sutherland has announced the opening of a new game studio that has secured an investment from Japanese-Korean publisher of PC and mobile titles, Nexon. Sutherland is joined by former DICE colleague Johan Anderson, who shared the news in a tweet earlier today. The Verge reports that Nexon will act as both an investor and publisher to the studio. We have a mass-market, large-scale ambition with what we're going to do, Sutherland said, and according to The Verge, those ambitions include marrying technologies like speech recognition, advanced AI, and cloud computing, to name a few. To design games that are a very different uh, type from what's currently available, that will allow for a very different experience to evolve over time that we haven't seen. Sutherland left his position, excuse me, of chief design officer at EA earlier this year, although the reason for his departure was not circulated. At EA, I was able very closely, excuse me, at EA, I was always very close to the game making, as much as I could given the job that I had. This is a way for me to get much closer to get back to actually making games and designing stuff and building things on my own, he explained. Embark Studios expects to have around 15 to 20 employees on the books in the coming weeks with a view to expanding to 200. And while the studio is very much in its infancy, Sutherland added, I think you'll see things from us quicker than you would expect. Hopefully by next year. That would be amazing to see a turnaround like that, but it's a very interesting type of company that they're talking about making here. I will say that right here, according to The Verge, again, those ambitions include marrying technologies like speech recognition, advanced AI, and cloud computing. Those are some big terms right there. That's a lot to think about. And so whenever you have all these new ideas, these new kinds of technology really beginning to flourish and grow and evolve, you could be seeing a brand new type of company when it comes to what's happening with the guys of there at uh, Embark Studios. So hopefully we'll see some news about this over the coming weeks. I would say nothing before the holiday season concludes, but it could be a big contender when it comes to five years down the line. Again, with names like Johan Anderson and Patrick Sutherland, uh, that's some very impressive uh, history there, and that's something that could definitely carry some weight when it comes to a brand new game that could be beginning to launch. So we'll see what comes of this one. But I always love a good new company. Who knows what they could come up with? Could be the next big Bungie or the next big Blizzard, whatever it might be. You never really do know. 
But if you want to keep up to date with all the gaming news, you can always follow me over there and subscribe on YouTube.com slash Samuel Adams Media. And now you can do it from the Nintendo Switch. Ooh. That's whenever you go ooh. Ooh, but after some not-so-subtle hints, it finally happened. YouTube is available for the Nintendo Switch. As you'd expect, you can watch videos, including your subscriptions, on Nintendo's console, whether it's docked to your TV or on the move in handheld mode. You'll have to use the Joy-Cons for most tasks. Touchscreen support is limited, the version notes, but there is an upside to that physical control. You can use the right Joy-Cons analog stick to control 360-degree videos, and you won't have to spin around just to catch every angle of an immersive clip. The Switch isn't ideal for YouTube, with its 6.0, 2-inch 720p screen and 1080p output on TVs. And without staples like Netflix, you can't quite call the Switch a streaming media device. Hulu is the only real option on the US version of the Nintendo Switch. Even so, this is a big step towards diversifying content on the Switch. We'd add that it's particularly helpful for younger kids, many of whom might not have a phone or tablet, to watch some of their favorite channels, and I would agree with that. Uh, So when it comes to YouTube being on the Switch, I again agree with the guys over here at Engadget when I say that it is kind of geared towards the younger people. Uh, This is going to be the one-stop shop for a lot of kids when it comes to their entertainment device. And I'm saying kids between, I would say, the ages of 6 and 12 uh, when it comes time for uh, the holiday season. So let me paint a picture for you. It's Christmas morning, of course. You've asked for a Nintendo Switch. You're between the ages of, as I said, 6, 5 or 6, and 12. And so you wake up, and there is your device. Now, think about the future, the next couple of weeks as you are on Christmas vacation. Let's say you've got Mario Odyssey. Uh, you've got, I was almost going to say Diablo 3. You've got Mario Odyssey. Uh, you've got, let's say, Super Smash Bros., which would be a good one. And maybe you've got Breath of the Wild. That's a lot of content. You can definitely keep yourself busy with that kind of setup. And so, let's say you get bored playing a game. You can go on and you can watch YouTube and you can see all of your favorite uh, Good Mythical Mornings or whatever you might want to watch on your YouTube subscription service. And then you can go back to playing games. You can check a couple of things. Twitter, I believe, has an app on the Switch. I might be wrong on that. But again, we're talking between the ages of 5 and 12. So, it could be a one-stop shop for some people. And I would love to see what is going on with the adoption rate for YouTube on the Nintendo Switch. We'll have to see what happens with that. Uh, Very interesting to hear that 360 degree videos are supported uh, right out of the gate. Didn't really expect that one, but I was kind of hoping I could take my Switch and like swivel it around, you know what I mean? Just kind of looking looking at a couple of things. Uh, And so you could always dive in and play some games on the Switch, or you could just use it as a YouTube device, or both, depending on how you do use your device. You could always dive into some of that Diablo 3 and some of that Skyrim, two good quality hardcore games that look better on other devices. I digress. Speaking of a game that looks better on a device now, Mass Effect Andromeda looks to the future with an Xbox One X upgrade. And this actually happened yesterday on N7 Day because it was November the 7th. And of course, N7 is infamous for being connected to the Mass Effect universe. After a launch troubled enough that it caused Bioware to rethink how it makes games, there's some news for Mass Effect Andromeda. No, it's not a single player story edition addressing the fate of the Quarians, but for this year's N7 Day, a reference to the military rank held by the player's in-game character, a 1.68 gigabyte patch on the Xbox One has arrived. It adds support for higher resolution and HDR on the Xbox One X for anyone ready to try playing through again or for the first time. Clearly, Bioware and EA are reminding fans that the franchise isn't gone for good and have a What Does N7 Mean to You campaign going on social media, plus new merch from a partnership with Jinx. Even as the developer prepares to launch its multiplayer-focused game anthem, General Manager Casey Hudson recently wrote that teams are working on secret stuff 
for fans of Mass Effect and Dragon Age. Has enough time passed to wash the taste of a glitch-ridden and uneven release from the gamers' mouths and get them ready to try again? Question mark. I suppose we will see, they say over there at Engadget. I will say that when it comes to Mass Effect Andromeda, I tried playing it. Oh, Lord, I tried. Ooh, as somebody who is, number one, not a big fan of Mass Effect to begin with, Mass Effect Andromeda was abysmal when it comes to not only performance, but also the appearance of the game. Uh, I believe the last time I saw anything about it, it was $8 in a bargain bin, and that's whenever I picked it up. So, I don't really have that good of a taste in my mouth after Mass Effect Andromeda. Uh, Now, I will say that updating the game and giving players a hope that something is coming for Mass Effect is definitely a good move. I think that could be a big benefit for a lot of people, especially those that are hardcore passionate about the overall franchise, but I wouldn't expect any kind of news anytime before, I would say, fall of next year, maybe even E3 of 2020, because Anthem is the focus. Anthem has so many assets that are being put towards its development. There is so much hope that is being put in Anthem, and it is the biggest release of the spring that I would say is coming out. And so whenever you have all this hype building up, all this good, positive momentum, to throw a wrench in the system and say, hey, check out the next Mass Effect Andromeda expansion or the next Mass Effect game, whatever it might be, uh, that would be something that would be very poor marketing, in my opinion. I don't think they should do that. I think that Mass Effect still needs some time to rest. Uh, But to show fans that they are actively working on the Mass Effect franchise to show fans that they haven't forgotten about the legendary Mass Effect portion of the gaming industry. That's a pretty good move in my part, and so I can't help but be thankful that they're at least letting fans know that this is something that is happening, and I think that could be a big benefit down the line when people are looking back saying, yeah, Mass Effect Andromeda was bad, but they still continued to keep the hope alive, and now we have this next Mass Effect game, whether it be Mass Effect 4, if you want to go continue with the mainline Shepard stories, or if you want to kind of go back and say, hey, it's a Mass Effect prequel or a complete and total reboot, uh, whatever they end up doing, it's going to be very interesting. And so, I'll let you guys know when the game does come out in five years on an episode of The Drop, which, again, who knows if I'll even be alive in five years. Hopefully, though. And hopefully, I'll still be right here bringing you the hottest gaming news of the day. But that wraps it up for today's episode of Cabinet. If you enjoyed today's show, be sure to drop me a like down below if you are watching on YouTube. If you're hanging out on Twitch, I appreciate you being here. And if you do want to watch the show live on twitch.tv slash Samuel Adams Live, it is hosted five nights a week, Monday through Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time if you did want to check it out. And again, tomorrow we have the Friday episode, which is always a good time. Preparing for the weekend feels good. Got the internet man coming out to speed up my fiber. And if there's anything I need in my life, it's more fiber. Take that as how it sounds. But anyways, I hope you guys have a fantastic rest of the night. I will talk to you soon and enjoy the rest of the week at least as much as you can. And again, happy Friday. Peace.